Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Lou Half, and Becky Hull. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. What's everybody been watching this week? I am really late to the party, but I've just finished Fleabag. I'm sure you've talked about it loads and loads and loads. Couldn't say anything better. It's so, so brilliant. It is the best thing on TV yeah. currently. If you haven't um, watched it, you I'm might. still so behind on Fleabag. I haven't even started the first series, but I'm off next week, so I will oh. do some good. You can binge it quite quickly because they're only half an hour episodes, mm. which sometimes is amazing. And sometimes you're like, I just want more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really easy to catch up on and you get completely consumed in it very quickly. So mm, good show. Yeah, definitely watch the two in succession because I think from discussing it in the office earlier, the first one can put people off a little bit and they're like oh this isn't for me because it's a bit close to the bone or raw or rude okay. but stick with it definitely and actually the second season is way less risque yeah. than the first the very first scene is quite famous because even people who haven't seen it know that it starts with her having anal sex right yeah. and yeah that can be quite off-putting but actually season two in particular yeah. is much more about love and relationships and connections than that kind of raw sex stuff so exactly. stick with it what about you guys? I've been really busy the last few weeks, so to be honest, I've just been watching Line of Duty and Game of Thrones. They're just my yes. two things at the moment, which I'm loving both of them. So yes. enjoying Sunday nights again because I've got my Line of Duty fix, but only for one more week, which is very upsetting. I really um, need to get on this bow oh, yeah. Please, Do you watch it, though? No, I watched the first one ages ago, and my boyfriend fell asleep whilst we were watching it, and I was like, oh, how annoying. I wish I enjoy this with. But literally, I don't think anything has been more hyped up. Yeah, everyone's um, talking about it. It's so good, yeah. But I feel like this season in particular, people are talking about it way more than it ever has been spoken about before. I think for long-term fans, finally all the threads of the mm. previous three seasons okay, have okay. actually, you're like, oh, they're all related. So there's right. a real investment now in this overriding bad guy okay. or okay. woman. So, don't know. so it is definitely worth starting from the beginning. Definitely. I've seen on Twitter, because I like to kind of see what everyone said afterwards. And some people have only just started watching it this series and they're enjoying it but the whole thing is always calling back to previous characters and okay. previous deaths and investigations and people are like who's Lindsay Denton who's like one of the most major characters <laughs> yeah. in the whole thing <laughs> and I'm like honestly just go on iPlayer and just catch up but and then watch it <laughs> I find that a bit with Game of Thrones so a few of these shows I think you really do have to start from the beginning and, yeah. and pay attention I think is the, the message or re-watch a previous series but I didn't mind doing that with Game of Thrones Thrones, to be honest, I loved it. I just wouldn't yeah. know where to where to start where from. To start. Yeah, <laughs> but. be a geek and read the books like I have. Well, it's are, got a are glossy. They, good? they are. They're not, you know, the most beautifully written thing. But I think, like with this series, it's the story, mm. and it's the so characters. good that it carries you and it gives you a lot more context and history of the houses. So I would say they're worth a read. Maybe once it's all finished, exactly, I'll need my fix. So I'll go to the books. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I'm very happy that The Bold Type is back on Amazon Prime. I talked about it before. I mean, it's a load of rubbish, but I really love it. And I don't know why. And I sit there thinking, this is crap, but I can't wait for the next episode. It's basically about a group of girls who work for a magazine. And they deal with really pertinent topical issues in quite a different way. So I think unusually for a streaming service, they drop episodes weekly. So there's only been three of season three so far. But the one I just watched is all about a straight male character who is accused of being too pushy, getting a girl into bed, but not accused in like a severe way, accused in a kind of light enough way that it's eye-opening for him, but without being like, you know, some big rape accusation. And it's just really interesting the way they deal with that because they bring a lot of these topics that are really relevant to light, but in a framework that isn't too serious or difficult, but is just quite topical and relevant. So I really like it for that reason. And it's quite sexually explicit, but not in like a trying to be provocative way, in a very like, well, it's 2019 why shouldn't we be way so yeah give it a go I really enjoyed it I talked about it on the podcast before and quite a few people have messaged me about it saying I would never have found this show and actually I love it I've been really into it so I do recommend it I like anything that's kind of about magazine craft even if it's completely fictional yeah yeah. I mean there's a lot of stuff (laughs) I do think you need to be in the industry to know that it's a load of rubbish and that's probably not how it works (laughs) but it doesn't matter like you know you can suspend reality Mm. for long enough to enjoy it the other thing that I just need to give a shout out to is I feel like reading is not the word you're supposed to use when you've been listening to an audiobook of a book. Anyway, on Audible, I've been listening to one of John Ronson's books, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. But for those who don't know, he's a British journalist, and I loved his book, The Psychopath Test, uh, which I also really, really recommend. And he also did an amazing podcast series two years ago called The Butterfly Effect, which was all about the porn oh, yeah. industry and the effects of it. So he's a really interesting investigative journalist, and this book is old, it's not new. It's quite psychological, so he delves into why we feel shame, how to deal with that, how it can really affect people's lives. And it can be extreme public shaming or just day-to-day embarrassment that we carry around. But basically, you know, everybody has shame to some extent that either is with them from adolescence or from something significant that's happened to them. And he interviews people who've been through the most horrific public shaming he speaks to Max Mosley for example who was born yeah and like this outrageous Nazi themed sex scandal and he talks to people who have inadvertently done things that have been provocative and you know had massive repercussions across Twitter and that have resulted in them losing their jobs and losing friendships and you know all these really life altering things and it, it just his way of storytelling is so engaging and anyone who's interested in kind of how we work will get a lot from it it's really mm. good I recommend it highly one other thing I hope everybody has watched in the last few weeks is the Beyonce we use documentary in inverted commas <laughs> in this office but is the new Beyonce homecoming tour which dropped on Netflix last week and has been causing a bit of a stir Pascal wrote a piece about all the big things you can take away from it but Lou you weren't really a fan no I feel like saying I didn't like it was like swearing <laughs> in church like I think Beyonce is amazing she's an insane performer there's no doubt about that but I was going into it thinking it was going to be more of a documentary about her about you know how she's got to where she is about the tour and it was just, I didn't really get there. There were like little tiny nuggets of that. But for me, there wasn't enough. I was like fast forwarding the performances, which were amazing. I mm. don't take that away from her at all. But I just wanted a bit more from it. I didn't really get that. You're not wrong at all. You're completely right. They shouldn't be billing it as a documentary yeah. because it's not. It is the entirety of her Coachella performance. Or oh, it's actually two Coachella performances. Yeah. It's of Weekend course, 1 yeah. and Weekend 2. Spliced together with two minute snippets every 20 minutes of behind the scenes footage of the training 
meaning and the process. And so I agree, it's unsatisfactory if what you were hoping for was was a real look into Beyonce and her life. But actually, if you paid attention and kind of got through it, I feel like you still took away so much from those documentary moments. So the stuff that Pascal put in her piece, but about the amount of work that went into producing that Coachella show. It was four months on vocals and then an additional four months on the dancing and the production. And I think actually you need to see the performance from beginning to end to understand what an unbelievable piece of theatre they put together and to understand why she's so incredible. That's how I feel about it. Anyway, you guys haven't seen it yet. I haven't. I've seen bits, but yeah, I don't listen to her music kind of by choice, but I do really like her. (laughs) I think, yeah, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Really respect her. I'd definitely be up for watching it because I think the first time I realised how amazing she was was on one of those An Audience with Beyonce nights that were on TV about three years ago. And I think it was just one of those Friday Mm. night programs that just carried on after the news or something. And yeah, I thought she was incredible. And Mm. I hadn't really ever appreciated that before. I agree with you. I'm not somebody who's like, oh my God, yes, Beyonce is my queen. Like, (laughs) I'm not one of these people. But she's just such a role model. I mean, anyone listening who has teenage daughters and wants them to work hard and be aspirational and in any line of work, it just proves that the people who get to the top and the people who are the best are actually the people who work the absolute hardest. Well, for those interested, Homecoming a Film by Beyonce is available on Netflix now and actually the album has been dropped on Spotify, which is really good news because Beyonce has not been on Spotify for a really long time. Do you remember they launched that title? Kind of a bit of marketing there. Very careful. Someone no, about that. And then, like a week later, the Lemonade album, which was launched on Tidal, like crept into Spotify. Yeah. So there's a bit of tail between legs actually going on there, but it's yeah. good because Beyonce for the masses. Yeah. Let's talk now about the best bar and ballet classes in London. For toning, strength and increased flexibility, nothing beats a ballet-inspired workout. So Becky, you wrote a piece on the six best ballet-like classes in London. Do you did. try these all out? So I have tried quite a few out. Disco Bar is new. <gasps> Disco and Bar. And I really recommend it. sounds it. really fun. Super, that does sound super fun. super fun. And it, it is brand new, like I said, but I think anyone that doesn't take themselves too seriously with bar, because I think the problem with bar is it can be quite intense and it can be it's very intimidating. Much, yeah, super intimidating, whereas this one's my favourite on the list because I think they just put you in really fun poses. It's not super strict. It's basically just letting loose and having fun with bar rather than doing all the right poses and third position second position so that's my favorite and obviously barcore i have done before okay so let's talk about why bar and ballet style is quite so good for you is there a difference between bar and ballet definitely ballet is more traditional dance whereas bar itself i think is more about sort of leaning you out okay. limbering you up it's more stretching it sort of merges pilates it's yeah. that kind of vibe so the two put together are meant to be incredibly good for okay. your limbs and joints which is why so many famous faces get involved and is it a way can you lose weight doing it or is it much more about toning up no I think you can definitely lose weight because a lot of the classes also now incorporate sort of weight training Mm -hmm. and it's not just sort of playing at a bar okay it gets everything in like sweat resistance bands but it's just done in a very sort of measured way that's not you don't come out and feel like you've just done a hit class a lot of people don't super nice Yeah. yeah so I think it's a great way to, if you want to tone up and lose weight, it's not going to be instant, obviously, but you would still see results from it. Yeah, it's definitely. more about sort of sculpting your body and like elongating your limbs exactly. and like your posture as well. It's really good for yeah. that. Yeah, cool. So, disco bar, disco five bar. pounds for a class. I know, it's amazing. Where can you do that? In Dalston, Hackney. And it is well worth checking out if you just want something fun and lighthearted. 
And what about some of the others on this list? So Barcourt, obviously, we've got one around the corner, which I absolutely love. And as I was saying, it's kind of a mixture of Pilates, ballet moves. It just brings everything in together to strengthen your core. I mean, it's actually quite hard, Barcourt. It's really it's hard. Really hard. Right? Yeah, I've done that a few times. I actually did there when you first joined. I think you can do it's like a two-week trial. And yeah. it's like a limited classes for however much. And I really, really saw a difference in doing it in those two weeks. And there's a lot of like resistance training. So they use resistance bands. Exactly. And you really do work every single area mm. of your body. And as you said, it's not sort of like a cardio where you're like dripping with sweat because your heart's racing, but you feel the burn your yeah. legs start to shake which they always say is like when it's starting to work mm-hmm. if you're looking to just tone and sculpt your body bar is really really great for that yeah definitely I mean it's what Pippa Middleton did in the run up to the wedding oh, we all know what it? bum she has yeah. Yeah. Oh, there okay. you go. that is good to know have that ever tried a bar class it's never appealed until we just started talking about <laughs> it now and now yeah I really want to give it a go yeah, me too. I love yoga so I love the stretching and strengthening you get from doing a mm. yoga or pilates class I always assumed that a bar class would be too hardcore because I know some people who've done it and yeah. it does sound hard work but it's like very, very little movement yeah. yeah so you have to sort of pulse your leg and it's like moving your leg an inch yeah. like a tiny tiny bit so yeah it's definitely worth a go weirdly a bit addictive actually yeah. because it's not so sweaty and mm. like hardcore and you don't come out feeling like you're gonna have a heart attack yeah. it's just kind of you just feel quite good you yeah. feel quite revitalized kind of like reformer completely yeah. and I feel like I've used every muscle in my mm. body that has probably just been laying dormant for a while. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't really like doing a workout that doesn't get me really hot and sweaty only because I only have so many hours in the week yeah. to work out. So yeah. I feel like I really need to, to right. feel and see the effect yeah. of it if I, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I like to let loose me as too. well. And, and like kind of, really sweat yeah, out. Yeah, Pumping music and kind of... Yeah. yeah and I love that feeling when you know you've had like heavy night and you're really sweating and you're like, that's that pizza. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all that booze coming out of the system. Yeah. I really do like that feeling. But having said that... It's quite hard to get that sculpt and shape from those kind of classes. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's about a mix, isn't it? Really, it's about sort of using them to tone and then getting your yeah. sweaty well, sessions. I mean, you almost have like a little bit of that yoga, like meditative state as well. So I think it's a good in between. Yes, definitely. Also, I find so much doing those hot, sweaty, weighted classes can be really bad for your muscles and your joints yeah. and everything. And like you know, often lifting weights, you're not taught properly how to mm-hmm. do them in those classes. And actually, I can sort of feel the effects. Yeah, sometimes of doing too much weighted stuff so doing something a bit more stretchy mm. and, and it is also the type of thing that if you can't get to a class and you sort of remember a few things then you can do at home mm. we did a little video with the founder of Barcore and it was like a 10 minute workout that you can do at home which I actually did in front of my TV last weekend so things like that is really really good if you can't get to a class and you, or you can't train as much as you'd like to just to sort of tie you over mm. such a good that's point so that's true. on our YouTube channel isn't it exactly yes check it out <laughs> Okay, let's talk now about London's best rooftop bars and outdoor terraces. We all know that the weather was pretty sweet last weekend. It might not be quite like that this week, but with summer hopefully on the way and as nice as it was (laughs) last summer, if you dare to dream, then we'll be making the most of those outdoor spaces in London. So I want to know, where do you guys go for a a bit of outdoors in the city centre? I actually really struggle with this. Whenever I try and think of it, I can't really think of anyone. I think, okay, that will be cool, but that will be packed. Mm -hmm. Everyone will be there and then that won't be fun. 
one and I really struggle so this list was very helpful Heather queen of the lifestyle <laughs> hit us where would you recommend then I really like what the Rosewood London that hotel oh, down in uh, Holborn are doing it hasn't quite opened now it's opening at the end of the month but last year they did an amazing sort of secret garden and they always partner with a booze brand and have like a range of special cocktails and it's just in this very quiet pretty courtyard right in the centre of London so it does courtyard. feel like you're kind of away from the crowds which I think Lou yeah that can sometimes yeah. be the issue with those kind of outdoor spaces on a nice day but this year at the end of May they're teaming up with Night Imber so they'll be doing lots of English sparkling wines and Callum Franklin who works at Holborn Dining Room has created a special menu as well so I think mm, that'll nice. be a really nice little spot to go to and do you think that's something you have to book in advance probably not I think maybe on a Saturday it could be really busy but I think that's the kind of space where after work on a Wednesday for example mm-hmm. you could probably pop yeah, in pick your day yeah, yeah. That's the other key Monday thing night. with these. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there are loads of more spacious party places, I suppose, that are opening at the moment. So you've got Vinegar Yard that's just opened at London Bridge, which is below the Shard, and that's a big kind of pop-up space for the summer. They've got lots of little shops. They do a vintage market on a Saturday. Mm. They've got lots of bars and street cool. food. There's <laughs> Neverland, obviously, in Fulham, which we've gone to a few times because it's not far from the office, and they've got beer pong and lots of games you can play. Is that um, a beach? Yes. Fun. I I think they change it slightly each year, okay. but it was Fulham Beach one... one time, and now it's called Neverland. Oh. There was one in Camden mm. that was like a beach. Yes, so that's the one on top of the roof at Roundhouse. Yes, they're doing that again. Yes. It's called LA Nights, I oh, think, cool. when it's that opening later this year. Um, and then Pagola Paddington as well, which is opening yes. up. But it's again. not really outdoors though. Yeah, I think they've got more of a an outdoory okay. area this time. But yeah, it is kind of covered, yeah. so mm. that it's England, isn't it? I suppose they yeah. can't risk it but mm. I know what you mean I think the, a lot of these places are probably better for if you've got a party and you want yeah. to book an area mm, rather yeah. than somewhere you'd just go if it was a couple of you because they can get really busy yeah. and not rowdy in a bad way but if you did want a nice catch up um, in the yeah, sun definitely. you've got to go in the frame of yeah. mind or somewhere be... to sit even exactly, exactly. Dalloway Terrace actually is always my go to because you, know, you can book there and that's nice for like if there's a few of you going for a drink you want to kind of be outside you kind of away from the hustle and bustle Yes, very easy for everyone to get to. They've got a lovely Sri Lanka theme at the moment. The food, cocktails and the the trees. They're all Sri Lankan themed, which is very on trend. That's really nice. Mm. Well, my equivalent is Chilton Firehouse. That's such a good terrace and it just doesn't fill up as much as you would think it would. So actually on the Easter weekend when it was really lovely weather, they do breakfast till 10.30 on the weekend. So if you just get there at a nice time, I got a table outside at 10 o'clock right in the sun. Did you have to book? No, we didn't have to book. No, they were taking walk-ins. It seemed like everybody was walking. I know you can walk in in the evening until 7 I think it is as well so you can just go and get a drink there you might have to queue a bit but it's hardly like a horrible place to queue yeah. or, you know, or you wait at the bar inside exactly. or something it's yeah. so it's so lovely and yeah it really is a bit of a sun trap when the weather's nice you feel like having breakfast in LA or something yeah. when you sit there it's so lovely the other place as well is the Boundary yeah. in Shoreditch it gets busy mm-hmm. but I feel like you can get a spot there if you're you know, sharpening your elbows a bit as well organised yes yeah. exactly yeah. Becky any go-tos I mean I absolutely love a rooftop bar <laughs> And I'm yet to go to Pagola, so that is on my list, actually. But I love the Queen of Hoxton, and that was oh, on yeah. the list. And I used to go there, in fact, pretty much last summer we went as a group quite a lot. I just love it. I know it gets really busy, and it does get very rowdy, but if you're kind of in the market for that atmosphere, it's a good place to go, and you don't have to book. It's a bit of a queue system, but it's just fun. When you know what you're signing up for, but I would agree about Dalloway. It's always very grammable there as well. <laughs> yes, it is very grammable. Also, another question. Isn't... Hamyard doing something similar to the Hoxton this year. 
I was looking just before Easter mm. and they do like their open roof. They do, yeah. They kind of theme it. A lot of these places, they obviously have the terraces year round and then as soon as summer rolls, mm-hmm. they kind of redress it with new plants and maybe add a bit of a theme and often do end up collaborating yes. with, with Who's brands And I think well. you can actually book there as yeah, well. you can. Which yeah. is dream. So if yeah, you know the weather's going to be nice, give them a call. Yeah, another one great. is Petersham in Covent Garden. They've yeah. got their... Oh, that um, courtyard. The, yeah. That courtyard and then they've also got their sister restaurant as well on the other side of the courtyard where you can sit outside and it's just yeah, such a beautiful oh, that's, That is a good show. That is a really good one. There are loads now we're starting naming them, aren't there? <laughs> the John Lewis on Oxford Street also has something on the roof every year and there's also Selfridges. Is it Alto by San Carlo yes, or something? Yeah. pop up up there. Yeah, I really love nice. that one. Yeah. It's really, they do very good food as very well. Very good apples. Um, Brilliant all year round. Yeah. John Lewis's one is festival themed this year. Oh, Fun. Cool. Great. <laughs> well, <laughs> clearly this list is full of great inspiration for this so do check out Heather's piece on the site. Well, if you are going to be spending lots of time outdoors this summer, then if you're like me, you're going to need some hay fever supplies. <laughs> but I feel like when I was growing up, I was in the minority and no one had hay fever. And now I feel like everybody I know suffers. God, I get hay fever. I mean, touch wood. I haven't had anything yet, but last year was pretty bad for me. Okay. I have it quite severely, but you know, to the point where you literally have eyes the size of like golf balls. Yeah. Last year felt bad. I don't know if it was a specific thing, but yeah, I suffer. I'm definitely a sufferer. Heather, Lee? No. Like, no, no. I oh, don't think so. I think I'm getting getting there because yeah the last couple of years I've kind of had a permanently blocked nose throughout summer but I feel like some people say they have it when they have a cold (laughs) yeah I don't think I had a cold throughout the whole last year though (laughs) three month cold yeah I wasn't coughing or anything but yeah I didn't have any of the itchy eyes or any of the really awful things Mm. like constantly Mm. sneezing but But luckily I think I'm in the clear they do say that pollution is making so many more of us susceptible to it so that in the past where pollution levels were better people just tended to suffer less whereas now a lot of adults suffer where they hadn't before yeah so becky i was always the same like so 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 bad but last summer i was absolutely fine because of pyrenees oh. <laughs> it's just another opportunity to plug pyrenees I'm so happy this time is around again pyrenees isn't the nasal spray by pyroton and when you put this piece together about all the things that can help hay fever I was a bit affronted that Pyrenees didn't get its new section, to be honest, because it's honestly changed my life. I don't suffer so badly from eyes, and I think, obviously, a nasal spray isn't going to cure your watery eyes if that is the symptom that you get, but I get a streaming nose and lots of sneezing, and Pyrenees has completely ended that for me it's just incredible and I start at the beginning of the season so I've started doing it most days already and I don't know what it's doing to me long term Astra's like if you use a nasal spray every day your nose will fall off so (laughs) perhaps it's not that good for you long term but I can't express enough how incredible it is and how much it has changed my life in the summer I couldn't sit in a park or sit on a field Claritin you know helped to an extent but this is miraculous and does it make you drowsy? No. So Pyroton does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pyrenees does not. So when you're taking it, do you do it first thing in the morning yeah. then? Just two squirts two, and you're two done. Two little squirts up my nose. And does it affect your taste buds? No. No? <laughs> well, not short term anyway. Because when I use something like that, it then trickles down your trickles throat. Down. Yeah. Like, you have to watch that. Sometimes you do taste it afterwards. Mm. Like, oh, or you don't do it enough and it like falls straight out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, mm, sexy. So you've got to get your angles right. Sounds like you but, know what you're doing but, yeah, by now. Bit, yeah. bit of practice. Exactly. Mm. Well, I'm the opposite. It's my eyes and mm. I do sneeze a hell of a lot. And it's like I said to you the other day, I only discovered Claritin last year. 
it. I heard Becky pitching this piece. Asher and was like, "This is really great new thing for Hey Fever." It's called Claritin. Asher was like, "That's not new." I was like, "Really?" But honestly, if you suffer with sort of itchy eyes and just general hay fever symptoms, Claritin is really effective. I find it more effective than Pyroton. Well, it's Pyroton and Benadryl right. have got drowsy side effects, and Claritin is one of the only ones that doesn't. So yeah. that's why it, it is really yeah, useful. Yeah, because to be fair, every time I took Pyroton, I would literally be like passing out. Mm. So it is really effective yeah, if you does. really suffer. I remember taking Pyroton on DV, like the morning of DV. Oh, it was awful. Oh, I like God. dragged myself through the field. <laughs> yeah. I take Pyroton for prickly heat when I'm on holiday, mm. and often like at lunchtime, I can never sleep throughout the day, <laughs> and I just really feel my eyes going. Yeah. And yeah. I fall asleep at a lunch table once. <laughs> really bad. Um, Does it help for prickly heat? Because I actually yeah, really, really badly. Yeah. Really and you also found B12, beta carotene, beta carotene. So those are the two that I now swear by. Take beta carotene, like I don't know, six weeks before you go on holiday, and then I just take Pyroton whenever it like comes up and really helps. Okay, that's a really good point. Yeah, that. that is a good point. Becky, any other tips for combating hay fever this summer? I spoke to the Lloyd's pharmacist for this piece, and they were saying that a lot of people never actually find a treatment that works for them, and most of the time you have to use several different attacks as it were to help yourself but he was saying that just even dabbing like Vaseline or a specific balm around your nose at night will help stop the pollen from attaching or getting any further up so simple things like taking a really cold shower every time you've been outside and that mornings and evenings are when it's worse because obviously it rises and then falls so I mean it's just hard but you have to kind of make those simple little hacks into your lifestyle and what about more extreme measures I know you can go to the doctor and get you can you can get like your nose cauterized as well if you go and see your doctor but it's quite extreme Mm. and he did say in the piece that you have to kind of be quite sure because it is quite a process Mm. and also honey apparently honey if you take that about six months in advance and as long as it's local because it has sort of pollen fighting effects you could be cured. I mean, I'm yet to see the results of that, but some people claim they have. Because it is all down to it being local, isn't it? Because all that defends you against the pollen that is then... That makes exactly. It when it's local, it includes different types of pollen that helps you build an immunity. Interesting. So, but we all why. live quite far from the office. I don't know what local means, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, you've got to choose whether you're going to be hay fever filled at home or at work, I yeah, think. so, so true. The whole thing just sounds very expensive. Mm, using yeah. several treatments at once and then maybe getting this artist and honey on the go as well it just sounds yeah, yeah unfortunately I, that makes me feel very sad count yeah. yourself lucky Heather yeah you should for now for now <laughs> speaking of bathroom cabinets we wrote a piece on electric toothbrushes and whether they really do make a difference so Becky do they yes 100% I've actually used an electric toothbrush for a long time now but I still like a manual there's nothing wrong with them but it is proven that electric toothbrushes get rid of over I think 12% more plaque it doesn't actually sound like much but that is a lot day to day given that you really do need to be ridding that from your mouth That's so I think they're super impressive they also what was interesting about this piece was he said a lot of people when they use manual tend to wear down their gums and that's why you get recession so mm. early whereas with an electric it just controls everything for you and the good thing about it is you know if you've gone overboard because the edges go frayed within Mm. like weeks and that's not what should be happening so if your electric toothbrush looks like that chill out on the brushing but it's pretty hard to do so I think that is the benefits really they get rid of more plaque 
and they just let you control it. You'll never go overboard with brushing, basically. Interesting. Lou, do you use an Yeah, I am electric toothbrush kind of girl. I find actually it's really helpful with the time because if I was doing it manually, I could probably just do it for like, I don't know, 15 seconds mm. and be like, oh, I'm off to do the next thing. So I think it's good that I've got like a two minute window that you have to brush your teeth for. But when I travel, I do just use manual. Yeah, me too. Heather, do you use one? I do. I'm quite a new convert though. My dentist told me about a year ago that I was an excellent brusher and very <laughs> thorough, but also I think I'm guilty of the a bit too thorough and mm. he was worried about my gums because I'm just kind of like yeah. going for yeah. it so uh, yeah I've switched to an electric I've got one of those Foreo Sonic ones which are sort of rubber instead of uh, bristles okay. and yeah it's really nice to massage your gums with those yeah. but again it's a travel size one so it's a slightly cheaper one mm-hmm. I think if you get a full size one it's about £150 yeah, and the one is about 50 but you do have to just keep replacing the batteries because yeah. they do run out quite quickly okay. but the price to pay for... oh, so you can't charge it it's no, just batteries yeah, two little batteries I think the full sized ones come with a charger but okay. these ones mm-hmm. don't but it's good because it means you can take it away with you as well although yeah. I do like a I've got a nice Japanese one I got when I went to Japan <laughs> for my travel stuff but no I've noticed a difference again with the timer and my gums never hurt before but I think in general it just feels nicer to brush them that yeah. way with the rubber one mm, rather than yeah. just like really going for it with the bristles mm. well I'm the same as you only recently converted because I had recession from overbrushing it's fine but I don't feel like they're clean because for me cleaning your teeth mm-hmm. is getting is yeah. really scrubbing and yeah. because you can't really do that with an electric I never feel like that satisfaction of like oh mm-hmm. yeah I've given my teeth a really yeah, good yeah. clean I do still use a normal toothbrush to brush my tongue well, like yeah, I love brushing well. my tongue and I feel do like you, you can yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't do that oh you've got oh, to brush your tongue to. yeah. that's where all the bacteria Ooh, yeah. is I've yeah. never brushed my tongue no, you should oh, I brush it every great. day you have really? to kind of be careful so you're obviously not going too far Gagging back. Yourself. You just properly go for it sideways because mm, that's crikey. where all the bad stuff is. Yeah. Pre-teeth or post-teeth? Post. After, yeah. So as I'm doing okay. all the rinsing and stuff, oh, just give it a real... I do a mouthwash. I'm very partial to a mouthwash. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Do you think it makes a difference? Like wisdom teeth pain, all that yeah. sort of thing. It just it gets rid of infection. And yeah. it's actually the bits that are quite hard to get to. Exactly. Yeah. That is yeah. at the back of your mouth. I love a bit of flossing as well. Oh my God, I love, I love flossing. Floss. I've got really gappy teeth. So actually, oh, those get stuck in there. So it's how gross, often do you floss? Every evening. Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. God, do you remember in the OC when Anna and Summer are in the bathrooms and they're talking about flossing and how important it was? And I was like, shit. <laughs> I obviously <laughs> don't floss enough. So it started a crazy of doing it then and I just really like drop in and out mm, flossing I yeah. know I should do more because that is always the thing the dentist tells me that I need to do more of floss, floss, pretty floss. woman is good in space for that as well yeah. like yeah. how she goes to the loo to floss yeah. thinks it's drugs but it's floss yeah. Yeah. it always makes my gums bleed that means they're not healthy Heather so my gums um, also yeah. if, if it bleeds bleed, you have to keep cleaning so yeah. you have to keep going yes that's oh, really? what I do when I start it's just hurts <laughs> yeah. well, especially when you use the mouthwash afterwards yeah. I don't use the string I use the little sticks oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. although they are probably quite bad for the environment because mm. they are plastic and they are just that is actually so super true that makes me love that yeah. yeah they're useful but floss yeah. is plastic as well though. I know so. I know there you go there's a piece for you yeah. sustainable oral hygiene yeah there you go enjoy there's a lot of tools for the kitchen out there but which ones are worth the investment we asked our favourite London chefs for the essential tools they can't cook without and there were some real surprises in this mix Heather which were your favourites 
I did enjoy some of the crazy ones, like there's a Leatherman at the end that Ivan from Native recommended, which is a sort of all-in-one utility sort of pen knife. But if you look at the picture of it, it looks like a transformer or something. <laughs> it just I can't ever imagine when you would need to what use it. What does he do with it? He goes foraging. So a lot of the food at Native is sort of forage. So I imagine it comes in handy for when you're hacking oh, away. Wow. At, do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, God, it does it like a transformer. <laughs> so I enjoyed uh, looking at that. But in terms of inspiration, Masha Rayner from uh, Lena Stores spoke about her mini food chopper and that's something I've had my eye on for a while because I hate chopping onions. Any other veg I find quite therapeutic but mm-hmm. my eyes are just pathetic and even the sight of an onion they no. kind of start dripping. So <laughs> I'd quite like, yeah, mini food chopper just to quickly chop my onions up for me. The one that she recommended is nine ninety nine from Aldi. Oh great. So, and is it one of these ones where you just put a vegetable in and you put exactly, the down and it just whizzes it up? Oh, that's quite satisfying, isn't yes. it? So yeah, I quite fancy one of those. I also was horrified by one of the other chefs who was recommending a mandolin because I just think they're the scariest thing <laughs> in the world having watched many different cookery programs. What does a mandolin actually do? So it's basically like a grater, but it slices things. So if you want perfectly sliced potatoes or potatoes, you don't think that well. so you basically have to grate. It's got a guard on it, but okay. it's a big old yeah, blade. So you hear all sorts of Ooh, horror stories about chefs using them in their early days of chefing mm, and you know cut cutting fingers finger. off and all sorts so just the sight of one makes me cringe slightly yes, I but I also like the look somebody recommended a good grip salad spinner and again I'm in oh, the market for an excellent I love quick a salad, salad spinner, spinner. what's a salad spinner just mix it all together so, no no so you know when you buy a bag of lettuce salad whatever and yeah. then you need to wash it yeah. and you can't just like shake it off like you then put it on the plate and so then wet. Plate so wet yeah, so you exactly. basically you put it it's like a crate mm-hmm. which is then within a bowl and then it spins the inside crate really? and then gets all the excess mm. water off which That's then it goes sick. at the end genius it's amazing my wow. mum had one growing up it was the cheapest crappiest yeah, thing you'd so have cheap. to really kind of get yourself going <laughs> to kind of yeah. for it to do anything but I think the ones you can get now you can just kind of press, just a, button press a button and genius. it spins it so quickly that all the water yeah. kind of comes oh, my, off mine's a hand oh, it's really yeah. old school yeah, yeah. but I just find it incredibly <laughs> satisfying I have no idea I thought you had to like pat it down oh no I hate that when you're cutting up a lettuce and then you're rinsing it and yes. it all ruins the salad dressing. Yeah, and if you've got like chips on your plate and then yeah. it makes your chips go soggy, oh, the worst. So obsessing. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's a good grips salad spinner. So both okay. of those items are now in my mm. Amazon inbox. Oh, interesting. Lou? So my boyfriend is a very keen chef and incredibly into his knives and has actually been known to take our knives when we've been going somewhere. Oh, um, Lou. <laughs> to an Airbnb because they aren't sharp enough. So wow. yeah, sharp knives. There were some nice looking knives. There were. Yeah. And does he have um, a sharpener? Well, I think actually we might do, but he actually goes somewhere on Oxford Street to get them sharpened. Whoa. Yeah. That is hardcore. There's yeah. a sharpening stone in here there if you is. want to save but a bit I think of it's a real art to yeah. it. And he is quite particular ex- about them. If so. they're expensive knives as well, they probably don't charge you if you go to the actual yeah. shop. Yeah, exactly. So there's Wow, he's so hardcore. That's mad. Yeah. Um, How often does he get them sharpened? Every couple of months. It makes it such does. a difference. Yeah. Someone in the office was telling me about having a sharpener yeah. and saying that she can't believe the difference it makes to her knife. Yeah, mm. I mean, at first I was like, isn't a knife a knife? But then since having them, you really do realise yeah. what a difference it makes. Just kind of, if you glide it over like a tomato, it just goes... Shh. 
instead of squishing it and everything you shouldn't have to apply pressure and things like that does he have different knives for different so knives for steak and knives for salads and no 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 this is just for prep work so like if he was chopping like an onion versus a potato or some ginger yeah there's like an array I personally just like the smallest one yeah so yeah knives is the main thing we've got a nice blowtorch I find them key if you're into creme brulees what can you use a blowtorch for that isn't a creme brulee yeah aubergine miso aubergine to crisp it up a bit caramelise it a bit I often see chefs putting an aubergine in tongs and doing it on the hob but that fills me with fear I would definitely catch my (laughs) hobbish on fire I think anything as well uh, sort you know anything that's in those sort of cups and then you just yeah really quickly heat it up so that it comes out easily as well but I haven't got a blowtorch. Becky, any you swear by? Oh, I mean, we were just discussing the salad spinner and I too am very partial to a oh salad God, spinner. Really um, you need to get on board yeah. with that. Change your life. But I do quite like the idea of a falafel scoop. Oh, that was I another guess, thing. I didn't see I mean, that. I'm very into the idea of a little scoop to create some juicy falafels. Do you make falafel at home? Well, I would make falafel. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm the same scoop. as an ice cream scoop. Yeah. I'd imagine similar. And yeah. I have an ice cream scoop. Yeah. These similar. are the delightful duo from Honey and co so I imagine they make a lot of yeah, falafel they said they make a hell of a lot so it's just like you need a deep fat fry to make really good falafel yeah, yeah. you do yeah. baked it's, it's just no it's not doesn't the same. Work. it doesn't work and then also this is a basic one but I also use a tea strainer because I hate limescale or anything like that it's just horrible and it's a really simple thing but it does make the difference but I've noticed Masha Rayner from Head Chef at Lena Stores she uses it to infuse her pasta with spices Ooh. so I mean I'm going to be trying that Wait, well, I don't really know, but she said that she can't be without her strainer. It comes in handy when she infuses pasta with spices. Oh, I see. So she must put the spices so she in must and put then the put it in the water. Yeah. Pour, yeah. Cool. I'm obsessed with that idea. I love how chefs are so innovative like I that. Know. Like one of my favourite things on this was one of the chefs who said they swear by their hairdryer. Oh, I liked I him. That. Oh, yeah. my God. Was it a man? Is it, yeah, at Blacklock. <laughs> so they use their barbecues a lot, and he yes. says it just kind of gets the coals going a bit quicker. Exactly. He, he says, our grills work on charcoal, so it takes lots of time for the coal to fire up and to reach the correct temperature especially when you're cooking hundreds of chops in a short period of time this is where the hairdryer comes in handy it blows extra air towards the coal so it can burn quickly and reach the perfect temperature love that when you're yeah. writing this kind of piece this is exactly the answer yeah. you yeah. want this yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. sometimes you're there like can you just give me a few extra bits yeah, so when they come back with something like that you're like brilliant oh, Result. Like nice and you're like boring yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> no no very important also he swears by a steak weight also not something I'd heard of before did you? oh uh, yeah so it's just you know to you push- really want to get that nice char on a steak yeah. so you just kind of pop it on top and it just gives more contact I suppose wow. to the grill learning a lot yeah. also I'm so jealous I don't have any outdoor space but I'm so jealous of all these people with their amazing barbecues I know, I know. Same. The, the flat below me they have a garden and he has a Josper grill oh, nice. and he uses it throughout every season yeah. and the smell mm. is incredible and oh yeah. I would just love to just have bread I'd, on the Josper grill I'd love a big green egg one day yes. even a small green egg yeah the mini <laughs> one would You'll be fine any. any green egg would be lovely I also, smoking and barbecuing I love watching like outdoorsy cooking shows so on Francis Mountain's top table he's a really famous South American chef and he goes out into Patagonia where he lives and creates like those barbecues in the middle of the forest and like even Jamie Oliver sometimes yeah. will, like build it he's like oh yeah. here's how you whip up a grill you know on the beach whatever. Yeah. just like there's such a flavour that comes from outdoor yeah. cooking that you can't get in the kitchen itself isn't that so good my um, boyfriend's uncle also lives in Brighton and he has a metal bucket with coal in and all he'll do is just get some really nice salmon put a few 
bits on, wrap it in tin foil and just whack it on mm. top of the coals for like 15 minutes, go swimming, come back and it just, oh it's just salmon, but it's the nicest oh salmon When I hear ever. about people like that, I feel so depressed about my own life. I'm, I'm like, well, it's a saying's reason get a piece of salmon. No, but he doesn't catch the salmon. No, I, <laughs> I know, but like, I just sit and watch Friends but instead of going a, for a swim while I'm waiting. It's just a metal bucket. It's yeah. so simple. That description was very idyllic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God, the dream. Yeah. That is so nice. Any other great appliances we swear by in the kitchen? Another really good one that was on here was a microplane grater. What's they that? are. It is just a grater, okay. but they come in a different grate depending on which one you go for, and they are really, really good. So I think that's. Sorry, is that out. brand? Yeah, microplane is the brand. Microplane. Okay. Finally a bit more food chat we wrote a piece on all the great things you can do with eggs I came quite late to eggs I didn't eat them until I was like early 20s really? yeah I hated them growing up and Ben slowly but surely got me into them and now I'm a bit of an egg fiend so I want to know what do you guys do with eggs they're just such a good simple ingredient aren't they? so the first thing I ever learned to cook was French toast aka eggy bread Mm. and it's kind of really stuck with me since then so I think for me it's a real comfort food eggs I don't know it's just quite a simple easy nothing too fancy for me with eggs but I know you can't do everything basically mm. Heather I really like making ramen at home and Tim Anderson who won MasterChef probably about six years maybe longer ago now he's a massive Japan fan and he's got an excellent cookbook called Japanesey and mm. in there you can make pickled eggs like soy pickled eggs and you can just keep them for ages and then when you're having your ramen just get one and slice it up and top your ramen and- with it. Are and they as gooey as when you go for ramen? Yeah, I mean, it depends if you've done your job properly and cooked the eggs correctly. But yeah, they're not like runny because they've been pickled mm-hmm. for, yeah. for ages. But they're because there's soy sauce in it as well, it just kind of yeah. infuses and they've got a really, really nice flavour and they last a long time as well. Yeah, oh my mouth. That's um, making me really. Yeah, so they're really good to kind of have lying around. Yeah. They don't really last long, to be honest. They're meant to be like, oh, you can keep them for three months, but they last about a week. Okay. But that's good on top of ramen. And my favourite, I just love scrambled eggs on some really nice toast yeah no milk loads of butter crack that pepper yeah no milk no milk and so slow so slow like scrambled eggs is one of those things for me where it can either be so (laughs) amazing or so completely disappointing quick scrambled eggs on a high heat dreadful when it's when it's like an Mm. omelette when yeah yeah. and when it's like a bit hard and it's dry around the rubber before I went I was just thinking about Granger and Co it's like in a circle and it's just it's a cloud yeah it's Amazing. Oh, I know. Amazing. I once saw caught Heston doing scrambled eggs on some TV show, and he does his like sous vide almost. So, oh, yes. the way you'd melt chocolate, he does them in a yeah. glass bowl overheat yeah. that slowly, like an hour to whip them. But that really, that's, yeah, yeah, that's how you're going to get cream but... scrambled oh, eggs that way. Yeah. I also saw with Jamie Oliver, and he was doing a fried egg, but he'd put oil, and then I think it was sesame seeds, mm. and then fried the oh, egg over the top of it. And then, like, folded it over, and it had this, like, really crispy, seedy Ooh, base. Yeah. That's in the five yeah. ingredients yes, book that we all love. Korean fried egg. Was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone was like, God, what is this? It's just a fried egg. Like, how boring. And then was like, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's, yeah. Tried and tested. It's good. Is it really? It is. Ooh, I love a fried egg as well. Mm. In a sandwich. Fried if you want to, like, pimp your sandwich. Yeah. Just, I like a bit of, like, turkey. I buy the kosher turkey packet. <laughs> and then, yeah, a bit of melted cheese, which definitely uncoshes it very quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. 
had some tomato ketchup and a fried egg. So Because oh. you don't know when you're going to get to the yolk. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And then it just bursts. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Ultimate hangover for yes. me. Becky? Oh, guys, I'm so hungry. <laughs> Frittata mm. and omelette is probably yeah. what I would most... Well, I mean, most use eggs for is anything breakfast-wise. I love poached eggs. Oh, my God. I love poached eggs. Do you like them runny? Runny, mm. definitely. They've got to be runny. They've got to be that sort of perfect balance. Not none yeah. of the, like, white gooey bit. Don't. None of that. Yeah. Don't. It makes... That's the one thing that makes <laughs> yeah. me gag. gag. My, my throat's yeah. gone strange thinking about it. That's like, yeah. often when they're too wet. Yeah, like, I don't that order... White gooey that white gooey bit. Sort of, I don't yeah. order shakshuka sometimes in restaurants and other things or baked eggs because I'm worried that the white's going to be translucent and and a bit jelly like moving on (laughs) sorry Um, but yeah I am a big egg fan honestly so what do you put in a frittata so frittata anything with ham cheese Mm. all sort of vegetables I mean you can shove anything in frittata it's good for leftovers really good for leftovers and it's really good for easy cooking novices like me yeah big fan that's my if I get home late from work and I can't think what to have for dinner because eggs is actually like the one thing I always make sure I have in the fridge yeah. you can, as long as you've got a bit of old cheese and yeah. some kind of vegetable <laughs> you, know, you just need an old tomato and so some true. cheese and you can make a really nice mm-hmm. omelette from that I like sliced avo oh, yeah. also quite partial to egg on pizza like a Florentina with yeah. spinach no just, oh that went down badly I'll just, <laughs> just say it again I think it's the I've had an experience really? with a runny oh, right, okay. no. I like that. <laughs> also pizza can be quite soggy in the middle anyway yeah. Yeah, so I don't think you need the added sogginess it wouldn't be my go to but partial I do like making a shakshuka I really do but that's also I'm in control I, exactly. I agree with you at home yeah but for me it's soft boiled eggs all the way mm. toast with two soft boiled eggs with a shitload oh. of salt is like absolute heaven with marmite on the yes. toast yes. 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 so good oh with marmite god. talking of children's firehouse again actually they do a oh, breakfast the best oh my god it's a cheese and marmite toasty and two soft boiled eggs which have truffle in them yeah there's oh truffle somewhere it's one of the it's it it's the best breakfast in London yeah actually off the charts yeah it's amazing oh god I'm hungry now All right. Mm. well I think that's just about all we have time for this week if you have any feedback at all please do email us at podcast at sheerlux.com we would love to hear your thoughts please do also remember to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye bye